kind of book off banter. We're really excited. We actually. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What happened? 69. Oh, we could have done so much more with this. We we didn't even realise. I'm absolutely. I didn't. Ourselves. I've got it written down and everything. (laughs) We've got Kira on. Well, we we could have a good episode, but obviously we totally we overlooked that. I mean, never mind. Anyway. Um. Yeah, so we're super excited that we actually managed to get organised to get the guest that we spoke about at the end of um, last episode. I think I've spoken about Kira so many times and said we're gonna we're gonna have her on, and it's absolutely in no way, shape, or form her lack of organisation is one million percent mine. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're super excited to be able to have Kira on. We think there's so many things that um, you're going to really enjoy hearing from her. So. Um, do you just, would you give us a little brief you said Kira sent us an amazing like list of all the like achievements and all the things that she sort of does and yeah so will you yeah. will you give us a little quick I feel totally inadequate Kira thanks quite good about myself and then I, went, I was like well I'm shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, you have to no, say that it reads very well <laughs> it's brilliant it's brilliant <laughs> yeah so um I am, so I always say this, I am the biggest wimp that I know. And I preface this because like you said, it reads well. It's like one of those for sale ads where you're like, oh my God, this horse is amazing and blah, blah, blah. And then you ride it and find out that it's actually like scared of its own tail. That's me. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, like my claim to fame is probably that I have ridden at five star. Um, went around Adelaide four years in a row on my amazing unicorn of a good horse and I also, I coach and I am also really into equine rehab and I'm on a bit of a mission to prove that equine well-being and performance can actually be mutually beneficial because I think there is a bit of a myth that those two things are contradictory and I really believe from my own journey, like I screwed up a lot, don't worry about that. But um, from my own journey, I believe that um, I was able to put my horse first and the sport second and still be super duper competitive. So that's one of my big passions. And then the other one is when I'm working with people is this idea of confidence, because I think, honestly, I am the least brave person I know. And I know that everyone does this like, hey, you may five star, you must be brave. No rubbish absolute bullshit like no least brave person that I know and so I'm on a bit of a mission as well to I guess help people with that to help people with this myth that like one day you're gonna wake up and not be afraid or one day you're gonna wake up and it's gonna be easy and I just I just don't believe that but I believe that you can still do the things you want to do even if you're terrified because that's the story of my life because even this is terrifying for me it's super exciting and I'm like so grateful that you've had me on but it's terrifying for me so yeah I just say it now. I love you. <laughs> oh my god, you're gonna <laughs> lick her, aren't you? You're lucky. You're <laughs> you are lucky. I can't help it. There's literally, as you were talking, then Kira, full ghoul crush mode was activated. You're lucky. <laughs> I'd be, I'd be moving. You'd be opening your curtains in the morning. I'd be sitting like that, just looking in. <laughs> and you're like talking like this. So I'm, oh yeah. So I believe this, 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 and I'm like. Have you any idea how fucking amazing you are? Oh my God. <laughs> because if not, I will stand at your front door and tell you every morning. <laughs> I'm there for it. I'm, I'm totally there for it. 
I know. Carla, I, how are you going to divide your time between Kira and Harry? I'll find a way. <laughs> You're going to need some sort of a schedule, aren't you? Yeah. Katie, you have proven organising this that you are capable of it. Couple of spreadsheets. Like, literally, I have never wanted to go to Australia because, like, you've got them massive spiders and snakes at high toilets. We do have that. But I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> so I'm like, everyone goes, oh, yeah, let's go to Australia. I'm like, no. But I'm willing to make an exception now. I'm going to stalk you, basically. <laughs> God. Oh my god. Oh, I just rode it five times in a row. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> that was enough before you started. Yeah. Oh my god. That's just amazing. That's just amazing. Wow. So should we just do like the oh, quickest yeah, should we do the quickest news ever or should we just not do news, do you think? Well I don't us? I don't have a lot of news, quite frankly. So should we just... I had food poisoning. Well, I mean that is news. <gasps> oh, that's uh, grim. Oh about that it was a, a, a weird kind of food poisoning yeah so basically I was all geared up is it not a weird but no but, okay so I'm a, I'm a, oh so I had lots of plans this is just so typical of me right this is so typical of me my life seems to revolve around avocados at the moment I'll, I'll explain why <laughs> you're so bougie <laughs> I'm basically just a hipster <laughs> I had loads planned so I put the boys in for lessons and stuff like that and then I started feeling like really sick. Now I'm not just talking like like oh, a little bit of nausea, like you know that awful feeling you get just yeah. sick. And I'd get that, and I was like crippled with it. And I'd just lie around, and my husband would be like, "Oh for fuck's sake, here she goes." Because oh. I'm I never get ill. Like I'm not saying I'm unpopular, but even coronavirus didn't want to hang out with me particularly. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so like I like never get ill. And then I suddenly got this thing, and I, and I wasn't being sick. I was just lying around going, "Oh, I've got no, I've got no energy. I'm weak and I'm dizzy." And this went on and this went on and had to cancel the stuff with the horses. And then I said, and everyone's like, what do you think it is? Do you think it's like a stomach bug? I was like, no, it turns out what it is, is a form of food poisoning. I'm a vegetarian and I'm, I was very smug. I'm like, one of the good things about vegetarian, I ain't going to get salmonella. I got food poisoning from a fucking avocado. Um, <laughs> basically. This <laughs> is horrified. So it's a kind of poison that you get from fruits and vegetables. Fuck's sake. Very fair, very fair. Um, but of course that's going to happen. So I spent quite a few days feeling really, really rotten and ill. And so all the stuff I'd planned and booked with the horses couldn't do. I thought, oh, here we go. That's going to be great news. Okay, I'll do mine super quick. I got back on bougie. Yay! Did you die? Oh no! I, I, <laughs> I'm here. You know, this isn't my ghost. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was determined to record this episode with Kira. Everybody um, out there. Um, yeah, I wrote to him. He was a good boy. Um, I've started doing a bit of groundwork with him. So, yeah, I wrote Bougie. He was a good boy. I did some groundwork with him. And I think that's going to help. Like, because I think, although he kind of stands really good and lets you get on, I think his brain wasn't really on the rider. It was very much like, look how handsome I am. You know, like... <laughs> cavorting about the place with me like clinging on by a fingernail so yeah at least I've done that um I took money out for the first hack since I broke my hand was not it wasn't perfect my wank of the week was very nearly um one of the neighbors who still got the jubilee bunting up what kind what it's I think that that, that, yes thank you 
I think they sit at their little window and just go, right, what can we do this week yeah. to yeah. really <laughs> screw her over? Yeah, and, 100%. They're filming yeah. it. They're, they're, they're putting that into you've been friends and stuff. 100%. Like, so Manny was about 100 hands high, like, what's that? I won't get past it on Vince. Yeah, I mean, it took me a good <laughs> bit of persuasion. I had to do this really stupid voice that seems to encourage Manny. I don't know why he finds it reassuring, because actually I sound deranged, <laughs> where I go like, good boy, good boy, you can do it. And Manny's like, oh, yes, maybe I can. And I'm like, what, what, how is that soothing? <laughs> maybe it's not. Maybe he's afraid that the bunting's talking to him and he has to get all past it to get away from that voice. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he's just like... I cannot when she does that voice. I'll go past the bunting. Full Anything. <laughs> That's what it is. She's terrorising. So um I yeah, did that. Oh, he did nearly fact, put a... where did that voice come from? What popped into your head? You were sat there like you won't go past We'll <laughs> do it. <laughs> this voice will manage it. I don't know why I'm sort of doing it, but it does really work. Like, if you go, good boy, I think that, like, psychs him out. He's like, oh, she's worried too. So instead, you've got to be, like, super petty. Like, if I could have pom-poms, I'd be like, go, Manny. Like, he would love that. He's like, yes, I'm about this life. I can do it. You can't um, And if that didn't work, you could hear him over the arse with them. Exactly. And that, yeah. right, that would make a movie be a way. Um, so, yeah, I did that. And then this morning, I was just telling Kira before... Um, I joked Paris, you know, that Irish one that I keep oh, yeah. never talking about on here. Oh my God, I love it. Oh. I don't want to sell I'm whispering, I don't want to sell it. Don't sell it's it. Really, it's really nice. <laughs> Just resign to it now, Kit, Katie. You're going to keep this one because it's got a nice jump and you're going to keep Mule. <laughs> <laughs> Lord Featherington now is, I'd say, like, it's like a whole thing, you know, like the Molly thing where um, I'll say, Come on then, Mr. Featherington, Lord Featherington, if you please. The voice. <laughs> your um, your what's it called? Audio is going in and out. It's like patchy. Oh, hang on. Can you hear me still? Yeah, I can. I can hear yeah. you really good, but just sometimes it like dips in okay. and out. I yeah. think it's on my head. I'll try okay. and keep back still. Yeah. So Ben's worried. It jumped the first fence and I thought it was going to clumber through it because it's a little bit like chill yeah. and it like it nearly jumped me off. And I looked at Ben and I said, oh, this is nice. And he was like, mm -hmm. we're not keeping it. And I said, but it's all oh, but Ben, I think it would be foolish to sell it. And he was oh. like, no, no. Here we go. Here we go. She needs to stay with me forever. I mean... <laughs> Her, then you might as well keep mule i mean look, you buy mule and i'll keep her i could buy mule could mule wants to come and live why am i calling it mule he's lord featherington if you please yeah the problem i've got is i don't have any black and white horses so like you know like how i try and have horses of a similar color i sneak them in and my husband doesn't know it's apart from the fact he can count which has been the flaw in my plan so obviously when i got <laughs> Telling when Vince was coming home, I just thought, well, I've already got a chestnut. He's going to think I've, it's the same horse. Well, just tell him you've bought a cow. <laughs> yeah, I could do that. I think we'll work around it. I think Lord Featherington needs to come and live with me. What would I do I with him? So. I mean, what couldn't he do, to be honest? He's prepared to do most <laughs> Whatever you like. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, we're what? supposed to be doing quick news. Yeah, that was supposed to be quick news. Sorry, Kieran. Right. Okay, <laughs> we're moving on. 
Um, so we've got, I've got so many questions, but we, first of all, would you just tell us a little bit, because um, you said that you're really interested in holistic equine rehab. So could you just tell me a little bit about what you do with that and how, how you feel that helps the competition horses? Yeah, sure. Um, so I, because of my competing at the level that I did and uh, my horse, my good horse had 65 race starts. So he raced until he was nine and got to top level competition at 14. And so I was really obsessed with managing him and um, keeping him sound. Carla's got a crush on the horse as well the now. <laughs> Everyone has a crush on him. She's just dropping in, which is absolutely mind blowing. How That's many so times have? Sixty-five. It is insane. Yeah, sixty-five race starts before it started. Event. He sorry. He started eventing. Yeah, I got him when he was nine, and he finished racing when he was eight. <laughs> I might. Wow. 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 What? Off. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. So that this started this holistic thing. Yeah. Well, it started me. I was always obsessed with keeping him sound because, yeah. you know, I knew he'd had 65 starts and yeah, by the time we got to the top level, he was 14. So he did his last like through what is now four star. I get really confused because I'm old and, you know, did that ages ago. Um, four star three day event when he was 20. And so it's like trying to, you know, obviously keep on top of his soundness and keep him really strong and stuff like that. And so yeah, that's why, yeah, I went to uni and I became a human chiropractor and did the whole like science thing. And then discovered the alternative stuff so discovered um like uh craniosacral therapy and actually equine reiki which blew my mind at the time because I was very like everything must be evidence-based and then this whole thing came along that I couldn't understand and it totally made an enormous difference to every horse I've used with um and yeah then did some more studies so like evidence-based rehab and craniosacral therapy and acupuncture and blah 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 so basically my idea is that like my passion is mixing the scientific stuff that we can prove and that we know and all of that sort of stuff. And then the woo-woo because as much as my inner, inner skeptic and inner scientific brain just can't deal with it still, it's like it produces results. I don't know why it works. I don't, you know. I do know why it works, but it's like as much as I don't have beautiful papers that say why it works, it's something that I'm really passionate about. And so, and then other things like I've gotten into, um, like I now trim my own horses so that, which I, I did have an amazing farrier and he was the best and he kept my good horse sound. And so I'm not anti-shoes, but I'm trying out this barefoot thing because it's actually working for the horses that I have at the moment. And I love being able to trim them myself and I don't want to become a farrier because that just looks way too hard. Um <laughs> And yeah, so looking at that sort of stuff, looking at the whole horse, because yeah, horses aren't so just legs and a head. Do you enjoy <laughs> buying like a project horse and sort of doing all that? Or is it just more like horses that you have, you kind of, you've done that for them? Or do you specifically look for horses that maybe you think would benefit from all that? Both. I'm only asking because before this, be... I said, how many horses have you got? And she looked to the side and I said, that's never a good sign when you look to the side. And she said, well, I've, I've downsized. And I said, two. And she's like, seven. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Let Dan listen to that bit. I've downsized to seven. Yeah. Uh, so do you, like, sort of go out looking for these horses that you think all yeah. your methods will help? 
or do you do like what the rest of us do which is like try and get the, the soundest best horse you can or and then it just doesn't last <laughs> Yeah, and then, and then 12 months later, you're just like looking at it in a field. It's like, as it's got like one eye, one leg. <laughs> Properly fucked already. What's the worst that can happen? It's the only way he's up. <laughs> I, ha- I have to admit, I've actually been fairly good. I only have bought horses that I thought could be my competition horses. So right. I've only actually bought one lame horse. And I was 90% sure he had an abscess. So it's like, and I was right. So, you know, well done yeah. me. Um, but no, I tend to ideally keep my rehab thing for clients' horses. Um, I try and stick to the whole like conditioning thing and keeping mine sound. Having said that, mine do have a fascination for like wire fences and like, I don't know, climbing in dams and rolling onto stupid stuff. And like my, one of my competition horses last year was like, ah, let's trip in a straight line on the flat trotting and like do a suspension because that's just totally what you do. Can I just say something that I've realised? I'm sat here with these headphones on and we've just said about my audio. It's because my headphones aren't actually working. The sounds are coming out the phone. Can I just spend a couple of, can I just see if I can fiddle it? Yeah. I'm really sorry about that guys. Hang on. That's right. Look, look, I've unplugged it. Exactly the same sound. Isn't it? Fucking hell. That's so something I'd do. <laughs> Let's try this way. Let's see if this works. Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, hang on. Hello. Say, say hello, Kira. Hello, Kira. Hello. No, oh. Still not working. <laughs> that works. It's still not working. I'm just going to yeah. have to go through the phone. I'll just take these headphones off. Okay. You're just wearing them. She is. They look so professional. Style. No. <laughs> well, that's just added to the bank of the week anyway. Anyway, carry on. Sorry. So, yeah, you were saying sorry about your horse tripping in a straight line. Oh, yeah. No, last year, one of my competition horses, yeah, it was trotting in a straight line on the flat and tripped and was like, huh, I've done a suspensory because that's what you do. So, no, I do try and like buy sound ones, but I plan to compete and keep my rehab to other people's horses. But, you know. My horses are horses, so they do tend to come to me sound, and then they just do stupid stuff. Yeah, that <laughs> I had. I had Paul Solo, who R.I.P. that we've lost now, um, to his eyes. He that poor that horse had more comebacks than Frank Sinatra. Like literally, bits would fall off him. Still <laughs> going. The vet's going. Now this is it. This time, and Solo go. You want to bet, mate? Um, and then <laughs> the first time he went properly lame on me. Um, we just he was just off. He wasn't lame as such, but he just felt a little bit stiff. And um because I because I was wanting to vent him, I got him checked out, took him and the vet found Well that was your problem. You wanted to vent him and you got him checked out. <laughs> nah, he was he was really, really good. He was such a lovely horse. And so um took him, we found really, really mild PSD and the vet's like, God, we don't even normally see it this mild, you know, because normally it's not picked up until it becomes an issue. And then he said, Well, what we'll do is rehab him as if it was more severe. So he went on this rehab programme and he had to do some walking on the road. And, um, yeah, he started titting about on the road, slipped on the road and absolutely fucked his suspensory doing that. So he went from this mild thing to basically a hole in his suspensory whilst being rehabbed for suspensory. So, yeah, I, I feel you're with that one. Yeah, I mean, they're really talented like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about more about your journey? Because... You obviously you ended up competing like top level and you and you show jump top level now, don't you? 
Oh, for fuck's sake. Is there the anything you can't do? Thanks for having me on. I was feeling quite positive about myself this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, basically, why am I even bothered getting on a horse? Before I do the journey, can I just say something to that? Because I did my first five-star ride. And I, like, for once in my life was like, I'm pretty good at this thing. Like, you know what? We did five-star and we went clear. Like, woohoo, go me. The next year, I had, two, three, I think, five falls. One of them, two of them were at walk. One of them I got bucked off over a trot pole. One of them I got absolutely turned into a lawn dart at a 50-centimetre fence <laughs> at one of the competitions that I did. And another one, I had a rotational fall trotting a 20-metre circle on a client's horse. So, like, just for the record, it doesn't make a difference. Like, it's not like, oh, yes, your life is figured out. Like, this was me being like, oh, look, I'm actually a half-decent rider. And then that was my next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. No, That's no, awesome, so, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So much so. Yeah. Yeah, when you turn up with, like, a big old bruise and people are like, oh, what happened? It's like, yeah, I fell off at walk. <laughs> That's what happened. Fairly <laughs> standard. So yeah, did exactly. did you always want to event? Was that always like, you know, a dream or was it something that no. you kind of fell into because of, you know, the, the horse that you had? Yeah, God, no. Um, so I did pony club and I did everything and I thought that eventing was fun and I had this like, so this is this is 12-year-old me on my first pony um, who was like, okay, so I'm going to event up to what was then novice and then I'm going to swap over to show jumping because I'm not brave enough for eventing. I want to do a bit of it because it looks fun, but like, you know, that's probably the limit. And then I'll go to the Olympics for show jumping. So that was my plan. Um, and then Good I plan. confirmed that by going to watch the Sydney Olympics and seeing cross-country fences that were in, the, in there. It was like, yeah, hell no, definitely not me. Never, ever, not going to happen. And then I started eventing and I kind of got hooked. And then, yeah, I got to novice and was like, oh, maybe I could try like the next level if I had a different horse. Because the time at the time I had this horse that had a really dirty stop and everyone told me I wouldn't get to novice. And my uh, my inner rebel has this habit of like I've made a riding career out of watch me and make me. Mm. Um, so people were like, that horse will never go to novice. And I was like, watch me. So we did. And so the next so you, horse, as, like, maybe as you get like up. rammed into fences, you're like, but, but we're going to do it. Even if we just get round one yeah. carry around, we're going to do it. <laughs> Literally, we got round one. <laughs> and I was like, I'm done. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm done. You proved it. Nothing <laughs> more, more to say. Nothing more to say. Exactly. We went around one. That's it. <laughs> um, yeah, and then my next horse, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll see if I can find something. And he ended up being my five-star horse and was just phenomenal. So, yeah, it's like we finally got him up to that level because he was obviously quite green. And I finally got him up to that level and at the time it was called two-star. So I'll use the new names now, but it confuses me. So I got him up to three-star and terrified myself doing that. We trotted into like a three-star apex at our first three-star. It was absolutely horrific. But anyway, he was cool. Um, <laughs> or is cool. He's still alive. Um, and then it was like, well, we did that for a bit. And it was like, well, you know, my coach was like, maybe you could think about going up a level. And I was like, maybe, I guess. But it looks a bit terrifying. But he kind of, he he's very brave. And so every big fence where I was like, 
we're going to die. He's like, yeah, but it will be awesome fun. So <laughs> like every time, like all of my photos are me being like, no, 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 no. And him being like, yes, bring it. So yeah, we did that. We went up. <laughs> and, then, and then from there it was like, well, maybe we could go to, go to, you know, five star and, it seemed like a good idea at the time and I was doing I okay and drunk was, was wine involved I ran a marathon because I, 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 I was pissed my my husband ran oh, yeah, a, no, run a half marathon that. and that and that night <laughs> because because I got drunk I was like you think you're great you run a half marathon I'm gonna run a marathon next morning he went I'm gonna run a marathon oh you know I was like led there like no moisture in my body like that couldn't move couldn't move but I was like oh fuck I said in front of a room full of people as well so I had to do it so is that what happened I'm gonna go five star <laughs> I honestly don't actually remember making the decision <laughs> like, I just at some point I you was. were there like how the hell did this happen <laughs> <laughs> what point did I agree yeah pretty much and then like to this. I mean what's going to not me maybe <laughs> Me being me, I'm like, I got to, I walked the cross country and I literally got to fence six and was like, no one would think any less of you if you just like packed up and went home now. No one would even have to know. Like, it doesn't matter. It's okay. You don't have to jump. It's it's fine. Your horse would would have been like, I don't even need you. Well, and also he's like, we just like, I just stood in the truck for 17 hours to get here. Sorry, Laurie. But I just stood in the truck for like 17 hours. Like it's taken us two days to get here. We are fucking jumping some stuff. Like this is not yeah. okay. We're not trotting up and doing some dressage test and then going home. Yeah. 17 hours for a dressage test. That's basically hell, isn't it? That would basically be my bit. Oh That's my God. That would be hell. So can I ask you, like say yeah. at that point when you're like at, at Fen 6 and you're like, okay, this is looking like a... I've made bad life decisions here. Yeah, she's basically changed her underwear at this stage. (laughs) What what strategies do you use? What have you found really helps you with your nerves? Because if you're saying that you're a nervous rider and you've got to that level, we need this. (laughs) Give us the answers, Kira. Okay, so at the time, and this is not a healthy thing, at the time I did have a big, like, watch me and make me. So what did help was that my mother decided to walk the course with me and was like, oh, my God, you can't jump that. Yeah. And so I had to pretend, like, well, of course I'm totally fine with this. Of course I can jump this. Like, shut up, you know, and walk the course looking like I was totally not panicking. So I don't think that's a good strategy. Don't live your life according to that. Like a trainer who's like, you can do this. You can yeah. have, And you're, yeah, you're walking you're just like, oh, this is a bad idea. <laughs> I don't think you. I don't well, ever get past this. <laughs> and to be fair, I got. I finished walking the course, and I got back, and I did see my coach, who was there, but just hadn't walked with me yet. And she had walked with someone else. And I was like, "So, what do you think of the course?" And she's like, "You're on a good jumper." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Is that it?" She's like, "Yeah." <laughs> Oh, God, if you trained, we had great faith in you at that point. <laughs> Not like you're prepared for this. You, you've got this. You've ridden so well. You're all awesome. Um That's like one of the worst is when you'll go, what do you think of the course? And someone says, strong. I'm like, strong? That's not, I don't want strong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that was my, yeah, at the time that was my strategy. I don't recommend that. It doesn't. 
it doesn't go well <laughs> because like the watch me and make me the problem was that I finally got to a point where people who had previously been like you suck started actually taking some sort of notice and then I was yeah. just left with me so yeah. it's like it only worked up until people stopped telling me I couldn't do it and then I was yeah. like, like oh <laughs> I don't I actually mean, believe I it, can and I really it, need it's someone weird, to tell that, me that it's that's quite crap. a strong point that Kira because sometimes when when the negative it, it, I'm being a little bit sensible here but when the negative is external so when the negative is coming from someone else it's very easy for you to turn that into a positive it's very easy for you to turn it into yeah. a motivation it's very because it because yeah. it's not from you it's coming from someone else and you can push it away and you can turn it into a positive when that stops coming from an external force and the and the negative starts coming from internally it's then when it's difficult to push it away because then it's part of you and that's you know and the thing is is when someone someone else negatively push it so when it's external it sounds like I know what I talk about here but I don't um basically when it's an external <laughs> negative coming in it's nothing it's nothing actually to do with you it's their belief it's that them pushing their belief on you so you can push it away but when the negative is internal when you're saying to yourself oh actually this isn't a great idea or actually you might not be able to do this you the problem is your your brain can then back it up with stuff so, so you can't actually do this because you fell off and walk twice do you know what I mean yeah. so actually it is uh, yeah. I think that's that's the problem because that's the problem where I've got what I what I get to which is like you I can be incredibly motivated by someone saying you can't do it but then when I say to myself I can't do it I can't that's my stumbling point so how do you get through that Kira yeah how do you get through that one? <laughs> don't worry she'll tell you at yeah, breakfast well, I, tomorrow <laughs> I mean I'm I am on my way now so like literally <laughs> as you open your curtains I'll have that sign and you can you can tell me in person yeah that's definitely <laughs> yeah that's definitely a thing and that's certainly what happened to me because it's like yeah when all of the voices from outside stopped I suddenly only had the internal voices yeah. that I hadn't kind of had to listen to that whole time and then yeah the internal voices were like yeah I I I am the queen of the mystery distance like I always say that you know my horses can jump from anywhere and they do because they start with me young and I miss them from like baby age and then they yeah. go through the levels being like oh yeah cool she's missed again that's fine I know what to do with this like it's yeah. okay um so yeah like my one was like ah, oh, that's really big fence and I really can't miss to that um yeah. what I I have basically what I've done is I've kind of come up with things that work for me and then through coaching other people kind of found out what things work for other people as well because I think it's different for every person so like I have that watch me thing and that works for me and it doesn't work for everyone like some people having one negative comment externally is enough to just completely derail them um and I was lucky in that that kind of wasn't mine but what I do one of the things that I love is because people always ask me about confidence and I'm just going to like preface this because I always have this, I don't actually like the word confidence. And the reason I don't like it is because I can be confident that I'll be terrible. And I'm usually confident that I'll be quite terrible. Like I'm quite confident that I can miss. I'm quite like, I'm really good at falling off. I'm very confident that I can fall off like, you know, no one else. I'm really confident that I can do badly. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I can take that. <laughs> Yeah, but it fits better into a sentence than self-efficacy. But what I like about self-efficacy is that there's actual, like, tangible things because so many people go like, oh, 
I need more confidence. And it's like, well, what does that mean? Like, how do you, how do you get more of this like thing that we don't really define? Like what is confidence anyway? Whereas self-efficacy, it's actual tangible things. So it's things like um, one of the things of self-efficacy is past mastery and so you can look at things that you have achieved and by that I don't mean writing like they can be in anything like you'll think of doing a marathon like oh my god I'm just in awe of you because I, I, I can't run for the trotter I, I, I did do it and yeah oh wow okay I like this we'll come back to that bit yeah so other things yeah so it can be things like any time where you've gone oh my god I can't do this and then you have mm. I really like to anytime I have that thought and then I actually do the thing I try and really store that in my memory with the memory because we tend to just remember bits but I try and tie it in like a movie where it's like the start of the movie is me going I can't do this and then the end of the movie is me doing the thing Mm -hmm. so that I can remember anytime I get in that like I can't do this blah 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 it's like I felt that way before I don't have like a crystal ball that bit of me that goes I can't do this doesn't predict the future I felt that. And I guess what's really good about that is it's not like results based because it's not like, you know, say if you completed like a two star, but you had like, say, maybe three show jumps down. And that's maybe how you'd remember that. Like, oh, well, when I did three star, I had three show jumps down instead of going, I thought I couldn't do three star and I completed it. It's like a different mindset, isn't it? Yeah. 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 100% and remembering that so that you have evidence like you've purposely stored those memories away and it's like I replay them and replay them because like we we build neural pathways with memories in the same way that we build neural pathways with movement or whatever so it's like storing it from I can't do this to doing the thing and the same goes slight tangent but the same goes like when things don't go well so like with bougie like you're you know getting pelted off bougie but then you play the movie to the end and it's like you're now working with him and he's getting better and so it's like okay cool yeah it went badly there but then making sure that we don't store that as the one memory so it's not just like oh my god I got on him Ben tripped over a jump and then I nearly died oh I nearly died listening to your story I was like oh my god I've been there so many times (laughs) (laughs) we all nearly died that story to be fair Kira Um, (laughs) well actually to be Death. honest, when I got on him yesterday, Ben said, um, so what do you want me to do? Like, so I had, obviously, I <laughs> had Ben me. with me. And I said, Stand dead still. <laughs> I said, I, I don't really know, to be honest, because what actually, you know, if he takes off doing that, you can't do anything. Um, and he was like, should I just try and not trip over any jumps? And I said, I think that's probably best, to be honest. <laughs> I really no, to be fair though, I really like that story. So a little part of me is like, I wish you had done it again. Oh, thanks, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> One of my favourite stories. Honest to God. But actually, like, going, going back to what you said was like, so my friend said to me, are you nervous about getting back on him? And I said, no. And I think sometimes I'm just like, quite, I'm not. I'm, like, once you say it and start to think it, it just becomes a massive thing. And I said, no, I don't get nervous about things like that. And she was like, oh, well, that's good then. Um, and then, like, Ben said, are you all right getting on him? And I said, yeah, because I'm not putting myself in the same situation. I'm not yeah, putting him in yeah. an open... Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm doing... I'm, if he's rearing and booking when I put my foot in the stirrup, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change my mind and, like, say, OK, it needs lunged or whatever. And I think that's where I've got to a little bit with competition is, mm. like... I used to stress in the lorry thinking, what if I can't see a stride? What if it's really spooky? What if it's really hot today? And then I I start to think, 
but I'm going to see that in the warm up and I can yeah. make a decision based on that. Like if I can't see a stride and can't see a stride and can't see a stride in the warm up, I don't have to go in the class. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? It, it, it's like you make things so massive instead yeah. of just thinking, well, I only, yeah. if I just do a tiny bit and see how I go. It's really weird actually because um, yeah. obviously I haven't evented this year. I haven't really been like, competing at all. And um, somebody a few weeks ago messaged me and just said, so, because obviously last year I had the really, really shit runs of anything and it, I, I, it didn't finish well, you know, I ended up like, oh, I'm going to take a break from it. And then someone said, someone messaged me and they were just like, oh, oh, so are you not going to event anymore? You know, are you are you so worried about getting back out eventing that you just don't want to do it anymore? And actually, it isn't that, it isn't the fear of it all going wrong that makes it, at the moment, I just don't want to do it because what I'm actually doing, which I wasn't realised, Kira just said that, is I'm basically working on other stuff to create other memories of I can do something does that make sense like, like Kira was saying yeah you know you, you think of stuff that you say I can't do it and then you do do it I'm working on other stuff away from the evented almost boosting the my sort of self-esteem and confidence so that you know I can go out and be more pragmatic a bit more about the competing instead of it all being all or nothing but like as well and it's yeah. enough isn't it to just be like I don't really want to do it right now I don't. it doesn't need to be anything like we're supposed to be at Arena UK next week and so we were supposed to be going with a whole group of us now none of them are going it's very difficult for for me with the two horses jumping in the same class yeah. the two boys and I, and it costs us a lot of money it, it takes quite a big it's a big thing for, for us to go we can only afford to do a certain amount yeah. and Ben was like yeah. are we going to go next week and I said no I think yeah. it'd be a waste of money like I don't think every all our ducks aren't in a row enough yeah I'm not that bothered so like I'm literally I don't know when our next show is because until everything's like in the right place yeah. I don't see the point in us going I agree I agree yeah is that is that us being grown yeah. up there Kira? God, blimey O'Reilly <laughs> well done you <laughs> yeah exactly 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 and yeah and it's funny actually like with the eventing I've had the same thing because I've gone over to the show jumping and it took me two years to admit to myself that it wasn't that I'm afraid to event or anything like that it's just like it took me two years to admit that it's like okay I tied it into my identity but I was finding that when I was packing the truck and getting the horses ready for an event it was like oh god I have to clean my gear and I have to wash the horses and blah 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 but when I was getting ready for a show jumping show I was like oh my god this is awesome like I can't wait I'm gonna pack all the truck truck and I look at me getting the gear ready and it took me yeah. two years because I had it so tied into my identity like oh I'm an eventer and I have to keep being yeah. an eventer and blah 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 that it was like and I had so many people like you say like who go oh why aren't you eventing like yeah. you know isn't it like fox is my good horse oh like now that you don't have fox competing you know have you don't you like it are you scared of it or whatever it's like no I actually just am not enjoying it anymore and maybe I'll go back to it and maybe I won't yeah but I think that's the other mm-hmm. thing is like we have to get rid of this idea of like, oh, if you've competed, you have to compete. If yeah. you evented, you have to stay in that. Otherwise, it means that you're afraid. And it it can mean that you're afraid. And also like, hey, who cares if you are? Like if you don't yeah, do it because is, it scares it you, then if it's not fun, what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> um, exactly. But like, yeah, I think we have to get out of this idea of like, you know, oh, I have to keep doing it because – because that's what I've done, because that's yeah. what people do, because someone else will think something like, who cares? Yeah, Seriously. the thing with me was as well, I, um, this week I did a, uh, two photos came up of me literally to the day, two, two years apart. 
and I shared them and I shared them in my story to show the difference in myself physically that's happened over these two years and the mindset change and I put I'd put that I put this mindset change which which is basically I've realized that I'm worth looking after and then someone messaged me about that and said what do you mean by that and I said two years ago actually me as a person was at the bottom of the pile I was at the bottom behind the hook beneath the horses the kids my job my friends I was at the bottom of the pile beneath those of those and my self-esteem was so low that I needed and I genuinely needed eventing results to validate me and and that was when I realized that I realized I was out chasing a result a good result a nice picture just so that I felt um as a I felt a person I was an eventer and yeah I required that validation actually like you say stepping away from that when it's been quite a big part of your life so I don't you can talk about confidence and bravery I think actually admitting that you are chasing something which isn't you know isn't necessarily you um that's a huge bravery and yeah and it, 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 it even if you do it because you are scared even if you do it because you're not enjoying it which is what it become for me because it become just basically chasing this validation and that's not a nice way to be yeah. so no that's awful it's yeah. not fun at all so- so you kind of very much put things in like a bank of like, you know, I've overcome that. Is there anything else? Is there any way that you can talk yourself down? You know, say if you walked a course that you thought was very strong. Should we say, um, <laughs> and, or you maybe like you're on. You a, need to be on a good jumper. Good jumper. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, you know, or maybe you're about to get on a horse. These are probably three very, very different ones. But say like a strong course a, a horse that maybe is very very quirky say one that you you know might nap or buck or that you're a bit like oh christ this could go either way and then a third one yeah. i think because i think these are the three maybe most con most common would be somebody who you feel oh god i wish they weren't here when i'm gonna ride i wish they weren't here you know when i'm gonna do this yeah okay uh, I will do three of them separately. So in terms of the actual, um, the big course, <laughs> the strong course, yeah. um, is <laughs> is partly, partly what you said about like, so walking it and going like, okay, cool. The, the plan is like, a ideal plan is that I jump the whole course. But it's like starting with, okay, well, first plan how I'm going to ride the course like how would I need to ride it ideally and then get on it's like okay what would I need to do in the warm-up what do I need in this warm-up in order to do that well it's a strong course so I need them to be in front of my leg and kind of breaking it down from that and rather than having that idea of like you know I need to jump this and I need to go clear or something like that it's like when you're walking that course and in that moment of panic giving your brain something to do which is like okay what do I need Okay, well, I need him to be in front of my leg. Cool, that's one plan. Okay, I need him to be straight, for example. I don't know. That's another plan. It's like, yeah, what do you actually need and breaking it down into something you can do? Because we also have this thing, our brains aren't very good at things that we are told not to do or that we don't want to do. And so it's like, you know, like when people go, oh, you know, just like, soften your hand it's like that's really hard to do if you're terrified but it is doable to say like okay can you put your hand forward and touch your horse's neck it essentially softens your hand but it's something you can actually do 
And so the same thing with the course, like, yeah, ideally we see a really good distance and ideally we jump all the fences and ideally we go clear and stuff like that. But it's like, okay, well, what can I actually do? Okay. Well, I can get him in front of my leg. That would be a really great start. So kind of, that's one of my things is breaking it down into like, what can I actually do? Because our, you know, like that's what we do in anxiety, right? Anxiety is our brain trying to find a solution to a problem. It's like, we worry about things until we find a solution and your brain thinks it's doing something really productive when it worries about it. It's actually not. If you give it a solution and you're like, well, if I have him in front of my leg, this will be fine. Then your brain's like, yeah. oh, cool. We have a solution. We've got something we can do. Oh, that was exciting. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> Kira just sorry. disappeared for a um, second, guys. <laughs> very slowly her face went out of shot and we saw her sleeping. We don't, we yeah, that I thought you'd fallen off your chair. No, this is my stupid concoction of books and stuff that's oh, okay, my screen. Okay. Hello, <laughs> very professional. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, that's probably for the strong course. That's one of them. And then there's also, you know, there's also other things. It's like, like going back to that. You know, when have I done it before? Even when it's been like this, you know, etc. But that's the easiest one. Is just like, what's something I can do? The second one was the getting on a young horse or a quirky horse or something like that. Yeah. That one's really similar, but I I tie that into everything that I do. So like you were saying with bougie, it's like I have stuff on the ground. I really like the equitation science stuff where they talk about teaching the horses stop, go, turn and park. And everything is kind of a basis on that. So when I'm starting horses under saddle, whether it's my competition horses, whether it's um, a horse that I have for training or something like that, I go back to like stop, go, turn and park. So it's like can I ask the horse to stop? Can I ask the horse to go? Can I ask the horse to turn? Can I ask the horse to park? And I also add, can I get the horse's attention? Like, can I just get it to flick an ear my way and prove that I actually exist in some like realm of its understanding? Yeah. And so it's like, that's where I think depending like, on what you didn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's like, I think my horse is no way. My so handsome right no now. <laughs> my, both my horses know I exist. They just choose to ignore me. They're like, no, that's fucking. <laughs> Let's yeah. pretend this isn't happening, guys, because she's shit. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I definitely do that. I feel like I feel like one of my horses has like a song that he plays in his head, and it's yeah. like when I try and interfere, he just turns up the volume on his song and merrily goes about his own thing. <laughs> so, yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, and then it's like, so I'll do that depending on the horse. If it's really quirky, I'll do that on the ground before I get on and make sure that I have all those things. And then I do it when I get on. And so it's like every ride, every single day. And that's why I set it up that way, because it's like every single day, my horses have to stop, go turn park on the ground under saddle, which means that then when I get to a competition and they're a bit, you know, eyes on stalks or something, grow two hands. It's like, I go back to stop, go turn park. And because it's part of their routine, they then relax because it's like you're doing yeah. something really, really familiar to them. And it's what I can always go back to. So it's like if they're particularly interesting one day, if there's like bunting on the side of the road, if my neighbor's trying to kill me, if like whatever, like who knows, I don't know, around here we have kangaroos and they're like the most exciting thing ever. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like, you know, if a, if a like whole mob of kangaroos decides to go past, you could be riding like, yeah, and a whole mob of kangaroos come down. Like you could just be riding around like not. a whole mob of kangaroos, just like hop. They hop, don't they? Like, <coughs> like, hop I, yeah, they do hop. 
I mean, ideally not, but I have to say I was riding my horse today. Yes, there was a kangaroo, and yes, we did go quite fast for a short period of time. (laughs) No stop turn park shit is going to save me then. No, it is. It does a lot. (laughs) R.I.P. Carla. On my gravestone, killed by kangaroo. Absolutely. Oh yeah, my it's God. A thing. It's a thing. But then, I mean, one of mine's more terrified of cows. So, to be fair, they're everywhere. Um, yeah, true. <laughs> I guess they get used to it, don't they? Pretty much. Well, I don't know. He's not used to it yet, but we'll see. I've only had him seven years and he's still not used to it. Um, um, <laughs> I hope one sense. day he will be. That's my aim in life. So, this um, stop turn. Yeah, so that's my thing. Sorry, sorry. Stop turn. Go park. Is that right? Go park. Yeah. Yeah. So, you do you start that? Uh, basically in hand, I'm guessing. So it's with a pressure halter, yeah. would you say, yep, yeah, with a pressure halter, stop going and, until you've got it nailed with that and then move it into the saddle or do them side by yeah, side? Yeah, I, I don't really use pressure halters. I tend to just okay. use regular ones, but that's just my okay. personal preference. I don't care what no, other I, people I do. I just, I don't know. I just don't really like them. But um, okay. yeah, I do. That's how I train foals to lead. It's how I do it with young horses. It's like from the day that they start with me, that's what they have to learn so if how you to do. And it's how North I do it Bethany every single day. Katie. So if you could start that with North Bethany <laughs> now, I want you all. I want you <laughs> no all. I want you all to fully know. Stop, go, turn and park. Uh, I'll do I'm that, Carla, for you. Like, not, not a bit of when problem. it comes to park, I want him to know what that sign means. Not return within one hour. Um, <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. Lord Featherington needs to know that. Not to come well. back too early. Yeah, don't come back too early. So if you could get Lord Featherington will be looking at his Rolex like hmm. Yeah, so if 15 could, minutes more. I want that started right now. Kira said it's gonna work. So that that's what's gonna get into five star. I'm gonna get into five star because you'll have started the stop go turn park really early. Well, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I'm not doing very well at starting bougie, am I? So let's like maybe you better start here. All the mistakes you made with Bougie, you could put right for me with Lord Featherington. <laughs> right. Brilliant. Thanks. That's all right. I'm, I'm happy with that. I, I win. Uh, You've got longer. He's younger. He's got years. Yeah, yeah you've got, <laughs> yeah, you got ages. you got ages till I take him. Oh. <laughs> and so, so what, about your, yeah. what about the last one? Remind me what the last one was again. <laughs> Um, this actually does, course, this doesn't course. bother me but like I know for a lot of people that it, they get really funny about people watching them or like especially like if it's someone yeah. that you know is a previous owner of the horse or maybe someone you don't get on with like it doesn't yeah. really bother me but does it not yeah no nah, couldn't give a shit lucky lucky girl <laughs> I think and I I am actually someone who used to have that that used to be a thing and I say that going yes, so it used probably to be like yeah, there's only probably at a competition I actually care less. It's like it's bizarre. I don't really like people. I still don't like people watching me at home. And just because I find it distracting, but it's like at a competition there used to be like maybe three people who, who I actually used to really care. Um partly it has been a uh okay, so this is this is to prove a point it's not like to sound up myself. Um so I was winning a three-star three-day event Yeah, And it was like a big deal. It was like, it's the highlight of my career, honestly. Um, and so I was in the show jumping last because it's reverse order. And so as far as I was concerned, everyone was watching me. Like there were people on the grass, like sitting there. And as far as I was concerned, like all eyes were definitely on me. That's what I would have told you. I didn't care at the time, but it's like, I would have told you that. 
my mother videoed that show jump round, and so she videoed from the top of the hill. So you can see everyone watching for the entire video. Nobody is watching. Like at once, there is maximum four people watching. Not even my mother, because she was watching the screen trying to video me. So it's like every yeah. time we go, oh my god, everyone's watching me. They're really not. They really don't care. No one cares yeah. about anyone except themselves, honestly. Um, the other side of it, I think, is that. If people are watching you and the classic one of that is like when we're having a really bad day and then we get into a bit of a shame spiral because we think that like, oh my God, everyone's seeing, you know, whatever. Like, oh my God, I'm writing really badly and everyone's thinking whatever and they're judging me and like, oh my God, you know, can you please just behave horse? Like, you know, whatever. Whatever your story is. Like I have clients who are like, oh, I just look like an old amateur and blah, blah, blah. Like I don't know what I'm doing. And then like my story, if I had that, would be something like I'm meant to be a professional and I can't even get this horse to trot on a 20-meter circle like without trying to kill me. But like whatever your story is, people react in one of two ways. And I can kind of prove this by going like when you guys watch people, you will react in one of two ways. If someone is having a really bad day, you will either go, oh, my God, that poor thing, like been there, done that, got the T-shirt oh my God, my heart just goes out to you. Mm. And you're there like willing for their life to go better in that moment. Yeah. Like you're yeah. honestly, if positive thoughts could make their life go better, you would yeah. be like wanting that to happen. The other way that you react, and we all do, no shame in this, is that we judge people. So we go like, mm. oh my God, you know, she's riding really badly. She's hanging off that horse's head. She's not very balanced, whatever it is. The upsetting part is when I started learning about this stuff was I remember this so intensely was I listened to Brené Brown talking about it and her saying that we only judge in areas that we feel vulnerable to judgment. And so the example she uses is if you stand there and you watch some, you're looking at someone and you're like, oh my God, has she seen herself in that pair of jeans? You only think that if you worry about how you look in your pair of jeans. And it's, it's, it's a thing and we all do it. We all totally do it because I know my inner judge comes out when someone misses to a big fence because I am the queen of the miss and I'm constantly paranoid that people are going to be like, oh my God, you really don't deserve to ride such nice horses when you keep putting them in such shit distances. So A, a I'm going to like go on to this because it's, I get very passionate about it. You can tell no, please. Like my voice gets really high and I talk really no, fast. No, it's good. We love um, it. Mummy would love this. <laughs> keep going. Keep going, Kira. I'm, 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 lo- I'm living very motivated. And like I said, um, I'm also Googling flights to Australia as we speak. So just keep going. Keep going. You're giving me more time um, to get a cheaper flight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, so one of the things that I've done, which is a side note, this doesn't help confidence at all, but one of the things I've done is become really conscious of that. Like when I have that judgy thought going like, oh, wow, there's something I need to work on because clearly I'm really worried about being judged for that and maybe I need to be a bit kinder to myself in that particular area. So that's actually like trying to use that judgy thought rather than becoming meta judge and judging myself for having the judgy thought because we do it, we're human, we're supposed to. It's like how we decide what we can eat and you know, what we need to kill to stay alive, that kind of thing, like basic cave human thing. Um, We all do it, but I use it to try and go like, oh, wow, okay, that's obviously something I'm really self-conscious about, so I really need to work on that. That's a side note. That doesn't help your confidence. That's just like personal growth. Yeah, but I guess it could. Um, If somebody is looking at you and thinking, oh, God, like that was, you know, rubbish, then that's because that's how they feel about themselves. My one is yes. jealousy. That's I my point. A lot of my judgment uh, comes from jealousy so or envy. Yeah. So basically, I judge people. I, 
I'm I'm going to put it out there. People are going to hate me for this. I will judge someone, but usually because I realise they're doing something that I want or they've got something that I want. Yeah. And I will judge them for that because I'll be like, oh, I like exactly. I can't, a little part of me will go. I hope I hope she stops in that two star because I I want to go two star. So because mm-hmm. she's doing it, I want her not to have a brilliant time. And that, oh, that's a really yeah, horrible no, that's thing. Such to, a thing. That's it's a really hard. Can thing I make to, it more uncomfortable for you? A little bit more uncomfortable for you. (laughs) You only have that thought if when you get there, you feel like you don't deserve it. Because it's that idea of like, I hope she stops because she doesn't deserve it. There's a bit of you that when you're going well, thinks you don't deserve it. I I would, yeah. That's that's the uncomfortable bit. Honestly, I am really sweating with this conversation. You need to know this. (laughs) It's a deeply uncomfortable conversation to have. I'm loving it. And it's definitely... This is this is a conversation more horse owners and riders should have, and I thank you for bringing it forward, Kier. I really do. Um, but yeah, it's a difficult one because, like you say, judgment yeah. and stuff. It, you have to look yeah. internally sometimes, don't you? You have to look internally. Why am I judging them on that? Oh, hang on, that's because I I want what yeah. they've got, um, and I don't. But think we I do deserve it. it. We can't and, help it. Yeah, but we design it that is. way. And- But what it means is that, like, now that you've said it out loud and now that I've said that back to you, it's like the next time you get into a things are going well and you have that little, like, "Mm," because you feel like you don't deserve it. At least now you know what that is. Mm. And you can sit there and go, like, hey, that's not true. Mm. Like, it gives you an opportunity to get past that. So it's like we have to kind of be uncomfortable and be a bit honest with ourselves so that we can actually get past the thing that we – yeah. I am really It's like that – (laughs) Um. it's a thing but yeah it's like that like what are you not being truthful with yourself yeah and I think judgment's one of those things but yeah Katie that was the exact point so on the confidence side of things on in terms of me now not worrying what people think that's why because I know that they're either like if I'm having a bad day they're either like oh my god you poor I'm having a good day they're either not noticing me which is you know the likelihood I mean if you're having a bad day same thing so 80% of people don't know can't tell not watching you don't care the other 20% it's like they're either going yay for you if you're going well or like oh my god that poor thing if you're having a terrible day and the people who are judging you are only judging the things that they don't like about themselves and that's the bit where I go eh whatever like the only thing they're going to see is either what they can what they can resonate with on some level whether that's something they like and therefore going like yay you know sending love to you or something they don't like in which case they're judging you and that's got nothing to do with me so that's been my thing is reminding myself of that and I tie that into like noticing when I judge people and by being really conscious of that it makes me care less when other people judge me it's like because yeah I'm working on it. I mean, you're not helping. You're not helping your case here because you're only encouraging Carla, to be honest. (laughs) Can you see? Like, you never can't do it. She's got love heart eyes. I was going to say, when you see love heart coming out of someone's eyes, that is literally me now. That is literally me now. I'm going to get Do you know that that I have exactly Um, the same thing about you guys? Like, you guys are amazing. You run this podcast and it's like, I've been following Muddy Mayhem for forever and I freaking love it. And I love this podcast. Like, do you get that you guys are the same thing? Like, no, not having it's that. awesome. It's How so cool. It? When there's you, just like being absolutely amazing. Oh my God. Uh, no, Carla, you shouldn't say that. Get her to love you and then she'll come to England and it'll save you getting eaten by the spiders. <laughs> you didn't think that through. I did. Slow. You were slow off the mark there. <laughs> 
shit. That's why you have Katie for your planning. Yeah. She's so <laughs> evil genius. <laughs> evil genius. She's she's a, I don't know if you've noticed, but Katie is the sensible one of the two. Um and um, I don't know if that's ever come across. Um <laughs> Um, she's like, yeah. The thing is though, right, but she what she does is she comes up like she she's like eighty-five percent of the time really, really sensible. And then every so often she chucks something really crazy in. And because she's like mostly sensible, I'll just go for it. I'll go, yeah, yeah, that's a really good idea, Katie. And then like I'm in the middle of something going, this was a really shit idea. Thanks, Katie. <laughs> she's laughing. Ben always says about when people go out on a night out with us because he's like I think people think that we're quite boring because I like, don't go out real but then like when we go out we like fully really go, go out. out like so hard and like he said people kind of just like look a bit like where did they come from like, <laughs> but that's like I think that's how we just live our lives it's like kind of we're like prodders and then we'll suddenly just go like Ew. that's you oh my god yeah it's the yeah. quiet ones that always get you yeah definitely <laughs> don't scariest I'm warning you all now don't trust Katie uh, she's, 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 she comes across as sensible, which will basically ruin your life on the sly. Uh, so. <laughs> but yeah, all honestly, right. Oh, this is brilliant. But like you say about the fact that, you know, that I think, oh, I hope more people, I hope the, the whole of the horse world listens to this podcast and you talk, Kira. I really do, because I think it, honestly, it, it really is the unspoken thing. It really is, isn't mm-hmm. it? And it's just like, being honest like that, having someone being honest and saying, look, this is the case. And even, you know, making me sweat with having to be honest with myself. But we just don't admit it. That a lot of the household is so much. It's not as bad as it was, but it's all so much, you know, not the best day on paper. Let's just shut up and not talk about this. Um, and so yeah. it's so yeah. great that we're not only talking about it, but, but I also making people feel better. I also think, though, that it's like you guys talked about... Um, a while ago in the podcast. See, this is how much of a fan I am. I've totally listened to every episode oh. that you've done. Um, <laughs> so you guys were talking about, you know, that idea of like, oh, if you haven't written at five star, you can't comment. And I actually thought heaps about that because it's like part of me actually does that. And I think that comes from this idea of like, actually the phrase is if you haven't written five star, you can't judge. But I don't think you can judge anyway. Like even if you have written at five star, but it comes, I think, from this place of like people judging writers for what they do at five star. And the truth is you don't know what you do if you're in that position. Yeah, yeah. And if you are welcome in my books, everyone is welcome to an opinion and everyone is welcome to like say what they believe if yeah. it's not judging someone it's not going like oh my god I would never ever do that because the truth is you probably would like honestly yeah. I've done things that I absolutely cringe about and I honestly believe that if you haven't like if you can't look back three years and cringe about something you did then you haven't really grown like I've, you need oh, to be able to 80% of my thing. Cringing. I'm sorry the, with the mock, that was the thing with the mock Todd thing was like I wasn't gonna say on the podcast like I wasn't going to condemn him because I said like a hundred percent there have been times where if someone had videoed me it would have looked worse than him with that twig um and I just wasn't gonna jump on like something that you know like I could have and it would have looked really good for me but I wasn't gonna do that because it it wasn't realistic to say that I'd never done that and I got I got some really like abusive messages one woman said I made her feel sick to her stomach yeah um and she couldn't yeah. listen to the podcast anymore. And I said, well, do you know, like, more for you. Because 
like we talk about a million Again, more judgment. thing yeah yeah we're going to talk about and like I'm just going to be honest yeah like have I smacked a horse yes I have so I'm not going to uh, as was my son but we exactly you know and I do but, like what you said what we I think we need to separate from ourselves the perfect world which we've created in our head yeah. which is the, this perfect world where horses can almost understand what we're saying telepathically and we never have to do x y and z to get them to understand what we want at the end of the day we, we're just trying to get them to do what we want isn't it you know it, it, there's not a lot in it for them uh so you know so in yeah. this we, we've created this perfect world in our head which is almost like the horses can understand us and i think a lot of people need to draw away from that perfect world life isn't perfect horses aren't perfect and we aren't perfect so you know like you say you can have an opinion on something but you, i think you know with regards to judging it's you know no one's perfect i also like i want to clarify though and i want to say like i i believe people do need to be held accountable like if i oh, had yeah. done something that had been videoed or whatever i think i i don't want well, to use the word judgment because i've just when, done it but it's like the no, response when, is the part that's important to that. Like yeah. if I do something and I go like, I can look back and I can think of things that I cringe about. Yeah. And if I then go, okay, I did that thing and it was bad. I can see now that it was bad. I believe that yeah. everyone's yeah. doing the best they can with what they have at the moment, yeah. but it's like, I can see that it was bad and I'm going to take steps so that I don't do that in the future. Yeah. That's the bit that I think needs to be focused on. So not judging the individual, yeah. but yeah, holding yeah. them accountable. And yes, I think, top level riders need to be held more accountable because they have a bigger circle of influence more people yeah. see them and I believe I thought, that that's part of it like as you go up the levels and you have that bigger circle yeah. of influence you have a responsibility not to be perfect but yeah. to be accountable for yourself I think as well one that's of the my big thing well, I think one of the big things as well for me the Mark Todd thing which I think will have come from that is I think a lot of people now will be more I won't use the word confident, but will we'll feel happier if they are in a training situation with a trainer who does something perhaps that they're not happy with with their horse to say now, to speak up, even if they're a top level rider, to say, I'm not really happy with that happening. Could we try something else? Do you know what I mean? And I, yeah. I think that that Maybe. is something that would come forward from that a little bit. because, Well, I'd hope so, because so many people did say in the comments that that's what they would do. So let's just say they that perhaps like... that people would be strong enough to say, I'm not comfortable with that situation now. Can we try something else? Or, some, you know, along those lines. That can be really right hard, though. Yeah. Like, not, I say that, you know, like, I finally got to that point, but it took me years to get to that yeah. point. Because, you know, I, you know, I believe... But I think like, it's I the went, more oh, security you, know, you really are, know isn't what it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know who am yeah. I to say that you know like I don't know what yeah. I'm doing they're obviously the expert and it took me years it took me forever like I finally yeah okay I'm gonna admit that one um, I finally like I was on a squad and I walked out of a squad lesson like I actually went like okay you know what I think I've had enough for today like thank you so much yeah. for your time and I think yeah. I'm done yeah. halfway yeah. through and it's like I got shamed you know to here you know from here to wherever but it's like it took me years because for years I had been going along with it and it had gotten worse and worse and worse and I hadn't walked out of it and then I judged the crap out of myself for not walking out of it but it's like and was that again something okay that you if people don't walk like out it, of it it wasn't in your horse's interest well, they, they were doing something that was like damaging to your horse um 
to be honest, more damaging to me. The horse I was on okay. at the time, honestly, like if I couldn't make him unconfident, no one freaking could. Um, but <laughs> it's like from the shit that I used to do to him, it's like it, he was totally fine. But yeah, it was more me because I used to get into this thing where it's like, yeah, I'd have a lesson with this person and this is someone who used to intimidate me and then I'd miss or something like that and they make a comment about it and then I get less confident and then I get in my head yeah. and then because I was in my head I'd miss again and then I'd miss and then I'd miss and then I'd miss and I'd like go into the lesson mm-hmm. having you know been confident jumping around a meter 20 yeah. and come out of the lesson too scared to jump across rail yeah but yeah. it took years of that before I actually went you know what like I actually don't have to do that yeah crazy who knew what, a, what am I actually could just what? do the part of the lesson that I'm happy with yeah <laughs> Like one of my favorites, I absolutely love him. And he has this thing that he, he tells, he always tells me about sort of like forget, just be forgetful. And considering how forgetful I am, it's great. It's like, if, if I have a shit job, he's like, right, it happened. Forget it, forget it, forget it. And he, he's constantly yeah. telling me to forget stuff. So as far yeah. as he very rarely comments, unless on the actual mistake I made at the jump, what he'll do is quite cleverly comment on how I can put it right. So he'll just say, yeah. for number three, you let him fall in just a tiny bit here. Let's try that again and push him into your outside drain around the corner. Do you know what I mean? And it'll all be very yeah. positive. Yeah. And very little is made about the mistake. And that yeah. is... That's something good, you can do. A good trainer. It's a good trainer, isn't it? So, because yeah. the worst thing is, if you, you you make a mistake at one fence and someone reminds you, all you're going to think for the rest of that course is... Don't make do do that yeah. yeah. And as soon as you start saying, you, don't fuck up again, don't miss here, don't miss there, what do you do? Yeah. You do, you do it's 100% going to happen, miss. isn't it? So, yeah, so it's finding, like you say, finding yeah. a trainer that you can, number one, have the confidence to say, you know, I've got short lessons with with, with both, both my trainers because I've, I, my horse hasn't felt right or I've not felt great or it's just it's just not going right. Some days it just happens that you turn yeah. up and you're like, you know, do you know what? This is, we're going to do more damage than good here. Let's just call it a day, mm-hmm. go home, try again another day. So you, you, I think that's really true. You, I love that. You've got to sometimes have the confidence, haven't you, to get, well, not confidence, but sometimes you've got to recognise it because there is the danger going, oh, it's not going right. Let's grind away until it does. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. But I think All that's right, so, like, I love that point because I think people do that with competitions and at home as well. It's yeah. like some days, you know what, like at home, this is, just isn't productive today. Yeah. Get off. I've really yeah, learned that with pancakes especially. Thing. Some days he just has a bad day. Yeah. yeah. And like, I used to be like, we've yeah. got to try and, and then I realized that I'd get on him the next time and it, it was totally unrelated to the time before. Yeah. So now I've learned like he's having a bad, yeah. he doesn't have it very often, like maybe once a month, but once a month, it's like to put him back in stable, you're wasting yeah. your time. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I literally yeah. try and get a good trot and I'm like, brilliant, away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but even that like ending on a good note, I think is such a myth. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm over that as well. It doesn't have to. Hear it. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll end on any note. <laughs> yeah, just end <laughs> just, just finish it if it's not happening it's happening just get off let's have a gin it's, yeah it's like just not today they get to have yeah. bad days and we get to have bad days like yeah just exactly exactly um so yeah, I, I feel i've got such a long list of things that i wanted us to cover and there's no way we're gonna <laughs> well, have can, I, can we have her again please please yes thank you i think please? we definitely need you again i would love yeah, to definitely. Definitely. Can we please? We'll have you back <laughs> Oh, so I'm, I'm gonna, way too much fun. I'm gonna like shelve most of my list for next time. Yeah. But this last one, I think, because <laughs> it's quite a big topic at the minute, and it's and it's so like about kind of what what you focused on. 
so when you sent your information, which was a long time before the whole equine welfare, particularly in eventing, came about, um, yeah. you were very much the elite level could run along with equine welfare. And I just think that's it's so topical right now about people making the right choices for them, for their horses. Um, and I just sort of wanted to get your take on it, really. Um, you know, have there been courses where you think that's very that's maybe too much? That's an unfair question. You know, I'm not happy with how strong that is or you know I just wanted to sort of see where you felt with what the direction of sports heading I suppose yeah I think yeah I do I actually think that top level competition and equine well-being can be mutually beneficial and I'm going to be even more controversial and say I actually think racing can be beneficial with equine well-being as well and I'm going to like preface that with the reasoning behind it which is the reason that I give everyone which is there is a there is a lot that I see that's not great with equine well-being out of ignorance so people who have horses in their back paddock who don't know anything about horses and un unknowingly and definitely with all of the best intentions those horses don't have a good life and again that's not judgment people do the best they can with what they know but I think what the racing industry does really well and I think what top level competition does really well is it means that the horses are really well cared for like they need a vet they get a vet they need a farrier they get a farrier they need a particular thing they get that particular thing like their needs are really really well met because it's then in our interest to meet those horses needs and the reason I specify racing here is because you know yeah there's a lot of things wrong with it I'm not saying that there's not there's a lot of things wrong with top level competition there's a lot of things wrong with everything yeah yeah Yeah, but a lot of the veterinary medicine that we have would not exist if it wasn't for the racing industry yeah because the money's in it. So money, not great because, you know, like human greed and all of that sort of stuff, yeah. but money is the reason why we have MRI machines for horses, why x-rays are so readily available for horses, why veterinary medicine keeps moving forward, why there's funding for research. Like all of those things come from things that have money. And I hate to say it, but low-level grassroots competition or like backyard horses are not it if it wasn't for the racing industry if it wasn't for top level competition horses our veterinary care wouldn't be where it was and so like those you know pasture pets benefit from there being a racing industry so that's my preface of why I say (laughs) that it actually can be the other thing I think is that it's like for me anyway producing a horse to five star I learned so much about how to get horses fit, about nutrition, about how to look after them, about how to keep them sound, about recognising soundness, about recognising saddle fit, about all of that sort of stuff. And because I needed, you know, I needed my horse to feel good. And I think that that's something that happens. And then it's like I go and coach people and I pass on that knowledge and other top-level riders go and coach people and they ideally pass on that knowledge. They pass on their things about their fitness and the horse's well-being and how to care for them and the people who, you know, groom for them or like become working pupils, they get to learn all of these things. Like how can you make your horses feel the best that they can possibly feel? And I think that's really good and we wouldn't have that knowledge without it. Um, In terms of where the sport's going, yeah, I think in terms of where the sport's going, I have question marks about all of it. And again, like I think it's it's trial and error. Like everything moves into a particular direction and then we go, oh, that was a bad idea and we kind of course correct yes. back to something else. So it's always going to kind of move in a bad direction. Like 
or not a bad direction. It's going to move in a new direction until it hits something bad and then we kind of course correct. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I, I think I struggle with some of it. There's parts of it, you know, like my, my pet thing is this, like these open airy oxes on cross country. And my reason for that is because they look like show jumps. And to me, it's like, if you've trained a horse that those rails fall down all the time, and then you take them out on cross yeah. country and those particular rails don't. I don't understand how the yeah. horse is supposed to know that. Um, mm. That I don't know is And they is can't like, like bank I am it or anything safely. Yeah. 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 Um, it is. They are. So like that, a bit like that. That is unfair, isn't it? It's quite an unfair question, isn't it? So yeah, my thing is, you know, and I say that, and yet, like, you know, 90% of horses jump really well. And so, you know, like, that's yeah. probably coming from me being someone who sees questionable distances and when <laughs> frightened has this tendency to take a pull rather than adding leg, which is really bad if you've got a big, wide, airy, Oxer that looks a lot yeah, like yeah, a show yeah. jump and your horse has learnt that actually just taking the rail is sometimes easier when your human fucks up on your back. Um, so, <laughs> you know, like that's my, it's a personal thing and it obviously jumps yeah. really well when I, you know, uh, like I'm clearly in the minority about that one, I think. Um, I think the other part, because you guys again talked about this, was like a really, really tired horse, um, which I haven't seen the footage. I don't know who it is genuinely anyway. I think on that side of things, like you guys were talking about them being pulled up, and I think, yeah, like, you know, as riders, ideally we are good at going, you know what, like you just said, today's not my day. The horse is tired, it's not my day. And I know that in those particular situations, like you said, Carla, like you go, you know, you have a bad fence and you go, forget it. Or my one is next. Like every time I miss, I'm like, right, next. Yeah. Think of what's next. And it's easy enough to go like, oh, like I am only however many fences from home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, put it behind me. Think about the next fence. Yeah, put it yeah, behind me. Yeah, it's all very easy. It's, it's not I, our day today, but I am at badminton. You know what I mean? It's, uh, yeah. yeah, and that's a huge amount of pressure and yeah. it's not something where like at that size course and whatever, or cross country in general, cross country is to me the most dangerous when you're doubting yourself. Like yeah. to me being committed to a shit decision is always heaps safer than being yeah. uncommitted even to a really good, a good ride. One. Like yeah. you're <laughs> heaps like safer being wholeheartedly committed to absolute utter rubbish. Um. <laughs> And so, yeah, like there is that element of like, you can't go into badminton going, oh, is my horse okay? What if he's tired? Yeah. What if like, mm, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Like, and yeah. I'm someone who really struggles with that. Like I have a tendency to do that. And so my rule is like, my horse is allowed to tell me he's not okay, but until he does, I assume that he is in yeah. that moment. Because I just, otherwise I am the person who will sit there and go like, is he okay? Did he just slip? Did he maybe pull something? Maybe this isn't right. Like maybe he's not feeling right. Oh, he jumped that really badly. Like mm, I'm the classic for that one. And so that's the rule that I've made myself. My horses are always allowed to tell me when they're not happy about something, but until they do, I act as if they are happy. Um, In that one, I actually think from not having seen the video, I am actually of the opinion where I go like the ground jury, there is a rule about the ground jury being able to pull people up. And I actually would love if they would use that. And the reason why I say that is not because it is not the ground jury's responsibility. I'm not saying that. Just Mm. be really clarifying about that. It is the rider's responsibility to look after their horses, 100%. But riders are human and there's only one of them. And they are in a adrenalized mode. They're in that moment. They're probably not Not thinking clearly, weighing up all the options. 
Yeah, the grand jury has access to footage. There are multiple people mm. on that grand jury and they're in a much more objective position. And my reasoning behind that, as hard as that would be, yes, he, if he was going clear, 100%, there would be uproar. He was going clear, that is ridiculous. Yeah, like, oh, my God. And imagine if he was winning it even more. Like, yeah. oh, my God, that yeah, person yeah, that, is like yeah. winning and going clear. Yeah, there, there's going to be an uproar, 100%. But if he or that horse had died because of that fall, mm. had you then, yeah. as the ground jury go, we made the right call because he was going clear. Just mm. because he's going clear doesn't mm. mean that that's not going to be a fatal accident, that next fence. And then mm. as someone on the ground jury, how do you then live the rest of your life knowing yeah. that you went, oh, but he's going clear? Yeah. And I think it we forget so hard, that. We forget. Yeah, we didn't think about that. But, like, no. I think we forget what we're playing with. Yeah. Like, we 100%. forget that that's yeah. actually Maybe what we're talking about. Maybe there needs to be something about. like, say, three, like three people at each fence and say, like, if out of four fence, like, you know, say maybe out of three fences if two sets yeah. of judges all say yeah this thing's absolutely it literally it literally just needs to be or, or you could even just like yeah like a green light jump fine looks fine look horse looks fine green light green yeah light. and then as soon like once you get two two out of if two out of three given the black light which is doesn't look fine pull them up and then it, and then also then it's and then it's well objective. it's almost not personal it's it's like, quite, I was going to say it's quite objective then. So then the rider goes and goes, yeah. why did you pull me up? I was going clear. And they go, look, this is the results from the grand jury. They say yeah. two out of three said that you weren't, it wasn't looking great. So we yeah. solved it. I think logistics wise. Me, you and Katie have solved it. We need to be like, we need to be We've done it. Absolutely. In one sense, I think logistics wise, like coming yeah. from Australia, we couldn't have three people on each fence. We're flat out getting anyone to volunteer anyway. So like being whatever. But it's like the grand jury does at the big three day events, the grand jury does have video of basically every yeah. fence or they should certainly. And they have like in, I don't know what it's like over there, but at our big three day events, they have like control. So they stand at the tent and yeah, yeah all of is, the jump judges have to say like such and such well clear, organized. such and such clear. It is a thing. And so to me, like, that is why we have ground juries and they have a hard yeah. job. And yeah, like I say, I know the uproar would be huge. I don't envy them at all their job, yeah, but, but it's I, like, that, I think we just would, forget. The uproar would be huge. The uproar would be huge. But basically two words would shut that uproar down. Horse welfare. It, yeah. it, you can yeah. bitch and moan as much as you want. Yeah, like clear, rounds, clear rounds and success and yeah. winning. There's two words that matter more than anything else horse welfare that's yeah and and, and you, it, I, I don't care what anyone says you can have any argument about what anyone does if if they say horse welfare the rest of them can shut the fuck up yeah it's like the, it's like the blood rule isn't it there's yeah. lots of outcry about blood rules i mean charlotte's fallen foul of it you know the, yeah. the blood rule yeah. at the end of the day we should not be doing anything that puts blood on a horse with blood it on really the horse is. yeah that's simple and you know you cannot justify it in any way, shape, or form, and say, "Oh, well, it was just they're they're, they're thin skinned that they're, they're changing their coats, they've been clipped." Bullshit! If the horse has been marked, the horse bleeds, something is wrong. Horse welfare. Shut up. No yeah. yeah. So you know. Yeah. All right. And yeah, my thing is, yeah, 
if they could die, like compared to living yeah. with the uproar of like, oh my god, but he was going clear, I would I would look yeah. at that any day. I would yeah, take 100%. that uproar and kind of go because we have, you know, like we have the rule in eventing that if every rider in a class says that a fence is not jumpable or that they don't want to jump it and they all agree on it, the fence can be taken out yeah. overruling exactly. the ground jury. And the sad part is like, like that rule came so because someone died. Could they do that with dress up movement? <laughs> if we all went together, we went together. <laughs> we like that walk to Camper. Can we all take that out, please? Oh my like, god! Yeah, yes. absolutely. We'll take that. Oh out. no, I'm sure, sure Jumper. I love to walk to Camper. I love a walk. To oh yeah, that's the only thing I can do. Yeah, 100%. Basically, just walk when to I Kansas. bought Manny, Manny had not a clue how to walk. They don't. Like, what? Kieran, now that you show jump, have you forgotten how to trot? Uh, because all show jumpers don't show jumpers don't trot, do they? They just like <laughs> walk and then they can't. I've hung on to it. It's a waste of time. She does she doesn't trot. I've hung okay, on to it. It's a it's a it's a pace that she's heard of. It's a bit like a unicorn. <laughs> she's heard it exists, but she's she's never actually done it, doesn't it? Doesn't it's like belong. the other you don't need that in regular life. <laughs> no. Doesn't need to trot. Walk to canter, off we go, canter to walk, a little bit of rain back just to make it look like a Whitaker, and off she goes. <laughs> um no. No, I she knows it's true. Yeah, I'm moving on. I'm moving on. <laughs> I would just say that. No, I would think I would be like going, I don't like the look of that fence. Uh, I don't like the look of that fence. No, I don't like the look of that. And they'd be like, there's no fences left at this point. <laughs> it would be like the first fence. <laughs> I'm just cantering in a line. <laughs> so it's like, okay, you just be doing a dressage test and canter around the jump. But I'm smiling. This is crazy. <laughs> I'm there. I'm here. I'm down for that. I'm, let's just do that. There's a lot of stuff that we don't like. Just, just, just not do it. Like you know, if enough of us say it doesn't need doing. I'm, I'm there for it. Go, like, well, you've done away with dressage, haven't like, you? Basically, triathlon, like we were talking about triathlons last week. Water slides, yeah. <laughs> right, I'm, I'm stopping. The, I'm stopping this year. Okay, I'm stopping it. I'm stopping okay. crazy. Okay. Um, because. We're definitely, we're definitely having you back yeah, on key Basically, You either come back on voluntarily well, or I'll drag you. We, we move into your house with you. So <laughs> well, I'm on the way. I'm literally starting to pack. Um, I've booked my flight. Uh, I've told Vince. I'm going to fly Vince over at a later date. Okay. We'll work out how we can keep him sort of like contained in the plane without him sort of jumping out. Have you got high fences, Kira? <laughs> no. high fences? No, oh, my yeah. fences aren't very good. And also you might have to like train him about the whole like wallaby kangaroo situation first. Cause yeah, I don't, be... I feel like that How might be a reason that to leave his paddock. Do you know what I'll do? I'll get me husband a kangaroo suit. And I'll get him to like go down the field. <laughs> the like, thing is, this please will video happen. That. Like this will happen. I have no, I have zero <laughs> doubt of this. This will be coming to Instagram. This will happen. I don't doubt. I'm going to warn Lord Featherington. I'm not taking this shit. Excuse me, I want him fully kangaroo trained before he gets here. All right. hell, Carla. Right. I mean, we're going on to one of the week before it gets any crazier. Oh no, I'm going to be sad now though. The, the mood was up. My wank of the week's really sad. Not okay. really, because the outcome's going to be good. Fuck the outcome's for Ben. Good. Um, the going to be good. Well, my one. Okay. Really having a bad week. It's fine. We'll start with my one. We'll start with okay. my one. 
it's not particularly that dramatic or bad, apart from the fact that last time we recorded, I didn't have any headphones because I couldn't find them. So I, when we record, I use my gaming headset, quite a fancy one. And then I put it on, I've got like a box on the side and I put them in the box and no one is to touch those headphones unless I say they can. Okay. So anyway, last week I couldn't find them because I, oh, the, I'm bloody kids have had them or something. So anyway, so I wake up this morning and I was like, oh yeah, we're going to record this morning. I want my gaming headset. So I went into Oscar. I was like, where's my gaming headset? So I don't know. So I don't believe you. I don't believe you. You're, you're so you, you, I don't. The show. He's had them. He's like, shack. He like puts them on and he like plays a game and he just shouts at people on the internet. It's like Twitter, <laughs> but out loud. <laughs> but he like plays games and so I was like, right, you need to find him. So this, I got him out of his bed and I made him go and look because I said, you either you or your brother have had them. So he's been looking everywhere for these gaming headsets. <gasps> Can't I know find, where this is going. Couldn't find them anywhere. Couldn't find them anywhere. <laughs> so he's coming. I can't find. Them. I'm kicking off now. I'm getting really quite angry. So then Sam goes, "Well, where are they normally?" I said, "Well, they're in that box, but they're not there, are they?" And then he lifts up the box. And they're in the fucking box, aren't they? All this time, <gasps> they've been in there. They've been in there since the last. I don't know. I, I didn't see them, which is really odd because they're silver and red, but quite big. <laughs> so I basically traumatized my twelve-year-old son this morning, accused him of all sorts, um, and, and then you feel off. so bad, don't you? Well, I do feel really bad. And then obviously we had—I plugged them in to start listening, and I, just sat, I sat with them headphones on for a good ten minutes before we realised they weren't actually working anyway. So, they were purely I, ornamental. I mean, they lovely. Were, I really like a incredible. lovely hairband. Yeah. They do look. You look they much look, more professional with them. They look. They look incredibly professional, yeah. um, but they don't work. So thanks. I'm a wanker. Um, I, I'll I'll make it up to him. He's going to a skate jam later. I'll I don't know cheer him on or something. I don't know what skate jam is. Okay, so mine. Um, I've I've already sent Carla a picture of this. I'm going. I'll fucking share. Brilliant. I'll share it. Share the so, picture. Okay, so my tack room every so often it just gets you start to smell a little bit damp, and so there's a, we've got a radiator in there, you know, just one of those like kind of ones that you plug in, and I leave it turned on and I just turn it off at the switch at the plug. Yeah. Um, and I probably only turn it on like once every six weeks or something. And I went in yesterday and I thought it just smells a little bit maybe like it's getting a bit foisty, so I'll just flick the um, switch on. So Ben had unloaded the lorry for me and hung my Animo show jacket on the heater i didn't see oh my god now ben ben fails to understand how i can't couldn't have seen it but i said because i don't turn it on at the heater and he was like it's a short flex what but, does that make like it, i i said to him well clearly i didn't see it because if i'd seen it i wouldn't have like fucking melted which by the way is what i did if you want to know <gasps> how does an animal respond to heat I can tell you very, very badly. Oh. Ben said, because I had to ring him and confess my sins. And he said, um, do you think it's wearable? <laughs> yeah, just a couple of stitches. Just a couple of stitches. Maybe, maybe a sew-on patch or two. You should sew a few patches on. Oh, my God, that would be amazing. Fuck me. That would look brilliant. Like, you start a new fashion. Oh. Don't do that, actually. That's so then, it is, like, it is oh, just melted. Sick. It is melted. I felt, it's like like someone, yeah, like, I felt like someone had kicked me in the I knee. I thought, caps. to be honest with you, Katie, a little thought crossed my mind, maybe a bit of judgment, because it's possibly something I might have considered. I thought you'd done it yourself because <laughs> you worked a new one. 
I have to confess <laughs> this. You, you, I hope you've shut down them windows that were already looking for new show jackets before you discovered it. Because, okay, I would never, I would never melt the jacket for bad because I love the jacket and the jacket was expensive. I love your new one not, just as much. And we don't have I feel like money a for, for a jacket. <laughs> but but. <laughs> I, I have two points on this. Point one, one of the first things that crossed my mind is, thank fuck it wasn't the sash. I feel the same now you said it. Priorities. I'm, emo- yeah. I'm emotionally bonded to that sash. And Me I didn't too. fucking win it. I love that Point sash. two yeah. was when I put that picture on the um, page of me with the sash the first thing because I'm so self-critical like if any picture of me riding you can guarantee I'll go yeah. Jesus my legs don't look good in those jods or Christ why am I doing that with my hands or yeah the first thing I thought when I looked at that sash photo is that show jacket is not flattering on me it really makes me look frumpy <laughs> I'm not being funny you manifested this burning you manifested that jacket now <laughs> you manifest you pushed it out and the universe went I'll tell you what I'll do darling I'll get your husband to melt it on a rainy day and you can have a new one it was just the universe. So but, you know, like you said, if it is if it was really for badness, the sash would have gone. Exactly. So although I did want to cry, I was on the phone to my mum. I think my mum thought I was gonna like jump off something high because I was on the phone to my mum and I'm chatting away, and then I suddenly just went, Fucking hell. And she was like, What what's happened? And I was like, Oh no, no, oh my god, no. And she was like, What's happened? What's happened? And I was like, Mash. <laughs> And my mum's like not horsey at all. So I think she was like. Mm. So but then, to be fair, even she was quite horrified. Um, but it it needs to be more nipped in at the waist. Now's your time. What is now? Well, it is very nipped <laughs> in at the waist now. Yeah, it's very airy. I think it's more just one side. I think one side's fairly okay, and there's just not another side. I don't know what that would do waist-wise to me. <laughs> literally no left-hand side, is that? It looks like one of them old-fashioned... It's like, like quite holy. It looks like, you know, them old-fashioned sweat rugs that you used to get? They were like that. Yeah. <laughs> Rabsy Nesbitt vest, that's what I'm going to be wearing. An animal Rabsy Nesbitt vest. One side. You can do that thing. You know when um, comedians pretend to be two people and they, like, have half and half? Yeah. <laughs> you can be, like, like, good show jumper, Rabsy Nesbitt <laughs> This, this could happen. You can start a whole oh. YouTube series. Just you tend to be two different people. <laughs> you put the jacket on for me. Will you put it on and it's melted state? I don't know. I could get it on. I'll try. I, I might. It might be. It's maybe a bit soon. Maybe a bit soon for that. <laughs> maybe a bit soon for that. But don't throw it away yet. Keep it. Keep it. Because we can have some fun with this jacket. I reckon. I'll send it down to you with Lord Featherington. I could. Um, the jacket I wear when we make our debut. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Kira, do you have one or are you? Well, to be fair, Kira couldn't ever be a wanker. I can bring to come on this podcast, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I have I have a wanker, but it like it spread out over like nearly two weeks just on its own. And the I don't know if I'm a wanker <laughs> or whether my truck is wanker. <laughs> So it's not really horsey, but it's like it is a horse truck or a lorry for you people over there. But you know, horse truck because I can't deal with the word lorry. Um, 
so I just moved <laughs> states. <laughs> so I just moved states, which is like to give an idea, it's a thousand kilometers. Um, I moved a thousand kilometers north of where I was. So I think that's like what, like six hundred miles or something. I don't really know. Anyway, I'm terrible at conversions. But anyway, like wow. it was a long way. No, and between me and have you like moved from John's land to John's roads or something? She just drops that in. I just moved like the length of the country. Just went to a different Yeah, state. well, you know, here it's like you just go and stay. Yeah, it's like not even across two states. This is across one. Um, yeah, not even all the way across any of them. Anyway, but so I, we had, my housemate and I between us have 11 horses. And we had like a truckload of gear as well. So we packed up my truck first to take gear up. And my truck is brilliant and reliable and has just been the most amazing truck ever. That's why I got it because it's ugly as hell and it's slow and it's everything else. But it's like reliable and horses get a good ride. So, you know. So we drive the gear up and then we drive back. And as we get partway back, my truck starts to like just not have as much power as it used to. And I was like, oh, it's weird, but whatever keep going, keep going. And then it starts like really losing power. So I'm like going down through the gears and the revs keep dropping even while I'm going down through the gears. And then it like magically picks back up and it keeps going. So I'm like calling it names and telling it to keep going and basically doing your voice to Manny. I'm like, come on, are you doing what? <laughs> anyway, at some point it finally decides. <laughs> I'm like telling it it's lovely, like patting it and encouraging it and trying to leg and stick and all of the things. And like, but yeah, anyway, at one point it finally stopped and it like turns off on the highway of course and I managed to get it to turn back on and we pull over and blah 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 anyway we ring around a gazillion different people we finally found a diesel mechanic he came to our rescue so like three hours later or whatever we're back on the road this is all good so I get back to our house the next morning load up three horses get back on the road get to nearly the same spot nearly pull over into a service center to get fuel and I'm like oh and one of my wheels has fallen off the back of the truck. So, like, it's like where there's usually two wheels, there's suddenly only one on that side. Had noticed. And I don't know where the other one went. Hadn't seen it. And, like, rolled off into I then, an like, racked my brain. I then racked my brain and went, like, two hours ago, some guy did some weird hand gesture as he overtook me. But I was, like, I was going slow well, up in like every like chance, but he was stay. just, like, giving me the finger. Yes, which I didn't know what that was. I was, like, what's, like, what's this? Is he just, like, telling me that I'm going too slow? Anyway, so I think I've been driving. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what that means. Anyway, so, and I like, I did like check side to side. I'm like, no, I can't see like my living area doors not open. The tower ramps, yeah, down, like, yeah, like, must be fine. There's no smoke coming from anywhere. It's okay. No smoke. Anyway, so I call my friend, the diesel mechanic that I met the previous day, and was like, hey, I met you yesterday. Um, when my truck broke down, um, it's lost a wheel. <laughs> Is there any chance you can help me with that as well? And he was like do you have horses on? And I was like, yes. But I was maybe like 40 minutes from our overnight stop because we were still like, it is like a 12 hour drive. So it's like we were driving six hours, stopping overnight and then like driving the next six hours. So he was like, I think you can probably get it there. Get the horses off. Come back to me tomorrow. So I did that. I got it to the overnight stop. It's fine. Got the horses off, drove it back to him. 
the next day he was like, oh, I don't actually have the wheel. I had to drive it to like, anyway, I had to drive it to like a truck thing, blah, blah, blah. They were like, oh yeah, it's actually damaged. The other wheel has come off, of course, because it had to like, you couldn't just, you know, put the spare on and then get a new one. So yeah, they had to like get a new, a new wheel for it, blah, blah, blah. So in this point I've spent like $1,500 on my truck in two days because that's fun. And so at this point, I'm pretty sure the truck is the wanker of the week. But anyway, so we continue. I'm not sure. Because I feel like when, you're, when you were saying to your truck, like, come on, come on, you can do it. You can do it. The truck's like, are you like, I'm missing a wheel. No, no, no. It was fine with the wheel. I was saying you could do it when the fuel thing was blocked. That, that was a different thing. Yeah, <laughs> I think, but yeah, at that point, it was like, I'm not so much. She's hyped it up so much with the fuel blockage. It's wheel blocking for. There's no point telling them. I'm, my wheel's full of. Just just tell me I can do it anyway. So yeah. let's just keep going. <laughs> so then. Okay, so then we do a couple more trips and it's fine. So then we get to the last trip back to the old house to get the last lot of horses and do the last lot of packing. And oh, I should have mentioned this at this point. Okay, so at this point, I can only truck drive my truck during the day because one of the fuses is blown. So it doesn't have like the side lights that you need at night. So it's not 100% legal to drive it at night. So I can only drive during daylight hours because... That just, you know, that's the story of my life, of course. Anyway, so I was like, drove it back, got to this first service centre I could, like, as the sun set, drove it in there, blah, blah, blah. Went to get fuel and realised that I'd left my wallet four hours back at the new house and I didn't have my card. And I went into them being like, I know my card number off by heart. Can I please pay for fuel with the card? No. You know like, your card number please? off by heart? I paid for feed over the phone. She's definitely. She's in a spy. I'm sorry. If I was a spy, this shit happened to me. Yeah, no, that's a fair. A very good cover. What was Rowan Atkinson's thing? It's like that'd be you. That movie where he's like a spy. I'm that one. Oh yeah, Johnny English. Yeah, Johnny English. There you go. I'm Johnny English. Kira Osley. Kira Osley. So anyway, so then I was like, okay, that's fine. Be calm, you know, whatever. Who cares at this point? So I'm like, looked it up and I was like, I can get cardless cash out of an ATM. So I looked up where an ATM was that I could get cardless cash out of. And there's one that's only like three and a half kilometers from where I am. And I can't drive the truck because it's dark. So I was like, that's fine. I can walk three and a half kilometers. It's okay. It's open till 7 p.m. And it's only like 5.30 at this point. That's all good. Because, you know, story of my life, I'm totally used to this. So I like walk three and a half kilometers and I get there. And it's in a shopping centre and they've closed that bit of the shopping centre. So it's not open till 7pm. So I go to Woolworths and I'm like, or the supermarket, and I'm like, can I get cash out if I know my card number? And they were like, no. And I have to admit, I a little bit cried at this point. <laughs> Just at this point, you chose to cry. A like, little bit cried. Why didn't you catch yourself? I was in denial. <laughs> You should have lain on the floor so, and had a toddler tantrum. That's honestly, what I would have been like, oh. just, I've cried for less. I cried yesterday because yeah. I listened to Matilda by Harry Styles too many times. You chose that point then to cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you see, like, 
This shit happens to me so often that that is like totally within my normal, like totally used to that yeah. level of shitness. But anyway, so I found a security guard. And at that point I did actually cry because I was like, can, can, can I need the ATM? Can you just let me get cash out so I can like, proper my sob in there. And I can he, feel the pain. Oh, like properly cried at him. And he was clearly terrified of the like sobbing yeah, person in the supermarket. So he, he did let me. So I got cash out. Yeah. And I like, yeah, I got cash out and then I like, you know, finally I had dinner while I was there because like, why not? Then I walked the three and a half kilometres back and like got fuel and did all of that sort of stuff. And then the next day I got to have the joy of trying to drive into another shopping centre to get out carless cash because you only get out like $500 at a time and the fuel costs a lot and I knew I had to get all the way back as well. So, yeah, I got to park it in a shopping centre, park my horse truck in a shopping centre to then get carless cash out. But the good news is that the last trip was really uneventful. So, yeah, I'm that is my extended banker of the week. Christy, you could have written I a think so. <laughs> I kind of feel like yeah. it, was, it was a movie that none of us asked for, but we got. Like, this wasn't a one of the week. This was, this, this this was like Netflix. an epic this saga. Is this is a Netflix documentary. <laughs> it's a very long this one. Is, <laughs> this is but a series. Like, this the sad part is that I'm like, I, I was driving then kind of going like, surely this happens to other people. And I was like, no, I actually don't think it does. Because it's it like, if I wrote my autobiography, it would, like, this would be like the series of my autobiography. Because yeah. even like then coming yeah. up here, I haven't been able to register my car because I can't prove who I am because they won't accept my license as proof of ID. Like, it's just like this shit. Yeah. Just like, Yeah, that I don't, happens yeah. to me quite a lot. And just, like people go, oh God, and I'm, a lot of the time I do shrug off a lot of stuff. I just go, yeah, it's just what happens. It is, it yeah. is sometimes. Yeah. I, like I have got this really firm belief that you are either a person like us or you are a person who like can boss life and yeah and I do think it's yeah your life will probably not be as uppy downy so you yeah. won't have the real highs but you won't have okay. the lows like my brother-in-law we always say he'd fall in a canal and he'd come out riding a bike you know he's yeah. one of them people he's just like everything but I think they're generally quite steady away people and it's the it's the erratic like we'll do this that's a good idea and then like oh my god no (laughs) like that they're the people who like lose wheels on their trucks who melt their animals who blame their sons for losing their gaming headsets when they're actually in the box they're supposed to be in I think like I think it's horses yeah I think that's our common denominator (laughs) yeah and maybe these steady away sensible people just wouldn't have horses because it's a nonsense idea, isn't it, really? Well, it is. It's like I had a, um, there was a sports psychologist who was like, yeah, if anyone's ever told you you're crazy for riding horses, they're right. Because like, there's a reason why 99% of the population doesn't have anything to do with them. Because it's like, it doesn't make good evolutionary sense to like go to a 500 <laughs> so kilo true. animal and strap a small piece of leather around it? its middle and ride on its back and try and direct it with strings. Yeah. Like, that's not how we, you get your genes into the next generation. That's like, that's how the human race dies out is if everyone did that. So he's like, you that's are so, so true. Like, you have to be nuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it a good idea? Yeah, absolutely not. Not even a little bit. It's like human race dead if we had all ridden horses. <laughs> yeah, it's some stupidest sorry, idea. Sorry, we've just had an issue. Sam's got himself locked out of eBay. And we oh now I've, and now I've got a pug come in. Oh, come, no. come here, come and say hello. Come here. Aw. Here he is. <laughs> got his ten percent code ready. Ready to go. <laughs> Off you go. Go on. So yeah, sorry about that. Right, well, interruption. I think I don't. I don't really know who to give it to. I mean, 
I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm, it's got a win. I, I mean, don't like the jacket. She drove without a wheel, Katie. Yeah, but I know but she no, managed to get to jacket. a truck. She drove without a wheel. <laughs> I know that's what I'm saying. I don't think a truck is. I don't think it's a truck. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> I love how she was blaming it. And you went, I don't think that's the problem, to be honest. Yeah. You were the hyped it here at the first mistake. That was the problem. We love I you. I like the truck. And we, we love want you. to have you back on. But, I mean, we disagree, don't we, Carla? Yeah, I do think that not noticing, especially if someone gave you a wheel hand signal at some stage, they went past you. <laughs> you thought they were doing the macaroon. Well, now I know what that is. Yeah, macaroon. Oh, they're friendly. They're not they? Friendly with their waves. Look at them. Wheel. Wheel. Oh, God. <laughs> so, sorry, Kira, it's you. All right. But we are going to have you back on. So you yeah. can challenge us next time. Yeah. You know, we'll try and beat you okay. next time. We'll um, oh, I'm no doubt we will. I know that we will. I've no so doubt. We are gonna, we're going to leave it there. And can I ask you to please, um, I thought it didn't really make any difference, so I'm not bothered. But apparently it does. So if you could do the five-star review thing on the... Um, wherever you listen and do a review we would be so 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 oh, please, grateful please and I, do it please do it please do I it i think this is a good one yes. because kira's been amazing so <laughs> yeah let's ask you now while we've done a good episode okay yeah exactly well, we, well i haven't overshared particularly <laughs> done very well having exactly. kira on is review now yeah do a review. this is the chance this is the one this is the one to review she it's hasn't overshared quickly <laughs> It's actually, we've actually talked about horses loads, all right? Yeah. So, so quickly. We love you all so, so much. I mean, and <laughs> we'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Sorry about that. Just at the end, guys.